Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Financial Flex. On today's episode, we have Brian and Shaniqua Adams. Not only are they the awesome parents to my boyfriend, John, but they're also the reason why I even started on this debt-free journey in the first place. Mr. Adams works in sales for a Fortune 50 company, while Mrs. Adams is a realtor, actress, and Zumba instructor. They're totally debt-free except for their house, but they are currently working towards the goal of paying off their house by the end of the year. I thought that it would be great to sit down and gain some wisdom from people who've been who've been there and done that, and I've definitely learned a lot during this talk, and I hope you all do too. So without any further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Adams, thanks so much for joining me on today's episode of Financial Flex. Our pleasure. It's good to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's just get started. For those who may not know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself, like name, occupation, if you want to say the school you went to and the year you graduated, just, yeah, just Hmm. so we know. Oh, that's not necessary, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, my name is Shaniqua Adams, and um, I'm a realtor, and um, I went to National Lewis University. And I'm Brian Adams. I am a strategic account executive for a Fortune 50 organization, and uh, I graduated from Hampton University, the real HU. <laughs> oh my goodness. Right. So, as you know, this podcast is about finances. I'm tracking my own personal journey to getting out of debt, which is something you guys had a big part in, pardon, I guess, in my, my journey. Um, so, I want to know growing up, what was your relationship like with money? Um, how was it discussed in your household, and has it affected the way you view money now? Well, for me personally, um, I come from a single parent home. It's my mom and I. Um, I'm the only child. And um, so it was rough for her. Um, she was always trying to do the best she could for me being a single mom. And she worked um, at different points in my um, growing up. I remember her working more than one job um, so that she could um, keep a roof over our head. So <clears throat> it's it shaped me from the standpoint that I, you know, never wanted to be in a position of, of struggling. Um, cause I can just recall like being, um, when I made the dance team, uh, how it was, uh, you know, trying for her to, to try to pay for my uniform. Um, and ironically the reason I didn't try for an officer is because she had to pay for a whole new uniform. I knew she couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is shaped that I never wanted to be in a position where we would struggle that way. Um, so I'm always um, looking to make a dollar out of 15 cents for mm-hmm. sure and make <laughs> and make a dollar stretch. I hate paying full price for anything, as you well know. Uh, yes. <laughs> I do that. What about you, Mr. Adams? So my mom and dad divorced when we were pretty young. So, uh, but we, you know, to their credit, particularly my father, he stayed in our lives. So, but we had that whole separate thing going on. Um, from a finance standpoint, our parents always, you know, raised us to be, um, you know, good stewards of the things that we had. Uh, but I must say that I didn't really learn truly about personal finance until sometime after I graduated college. 
and I started listening to a lot of different voices um, concerning finance, reading books concerning finance, um, and really at that point developed a better sense of how you know I should you know manage my finances. So, what were some of those books you read? Um, or one book you read. Hmm, so we're going back now probably 10 plus years. Um, it's been over that. Yeah, well, that's why I had to put the plus on there. All right. But, I mean, really, I, it was a point in time in college I was a finance major. And so I was really into finance. I would read the Wall Street Journal on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was really heavily steeped into finance. The only reason why I didn't actually graduate, I graduated as a marketing major, um, is because I, I felt finance was, was a little dry, a little boring. And so I just wanted to spice it up a little bit. And so I ended up becoming a marketing major. Um, specifically, the books that I read... Wow. What's the uh, the last, I can tell you maybe the last book I read, which was Personal Finance book by, what is his name? Hiro Joshi Joshi. Because um, you bought it. Cal, uh, um, yes, the Get Rich um, series or something. Yeah, Kar- Karasaki. <laughs> we can always Google it. Yeah, you can Google it. He's a well-known. Um, I'm trying uh, to remember. Let yeah. me see if I can remember. But anyway, <laughs> we'll put that on the uh, parking lot. In the parking lot, and we'll answer that one. But. Okay. All right. So while we wait for Miss Autumns to come back. Um, Personally, do you consider yourself to be a spender or a saver? So when I was younger, I was definitely a spender. And as I've grown, you know, older, I've become a big time saver. Mm. And I would say for Shaniqua, I'd let her speak for herself. But if you were asking me since she's not here. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect timing. Well, I personally, I'm both. Um, I, I do spend, um, but um, I spend wisely. Um, so I don't necessarily previously spend. I'm always trying to, if I am spending something, I always try to find the best deal there is. Yeah. Um, so. Mache, um, she's very good with regards to making a dollar stretch. Right, exactly. Well, making one dollar, you can make it two. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's my thing. I'm just like there's. I'm I'm patient. I don't have to. It has to be something that I have to have now in order to purchase it right then, and not mm-hmm. wait for it to go on sale. Specifically, really clearance, mm-hmm. um, and then have an additional percentage off of that before I get it. Yeah. You know, and then hopefully they reward me for buying it. <laughs> so it's even better. So they're paying me to shop. So that's really how I like to, to get it. That's the secret. Right. Exactly. Um. So I would say I'm both. So. Okay, now, as a married couple, who's the spender and who's the saver? Me. Without question, she's a right. spender. Right, I'm the spender. The spender, and right. then you're the saver. For sure. Okay. So, I want to kind of, like, shift gears a little bit. Um, as parents, how do you teach your children about money? Do you think that 
as a parent, it's important to teach your children about, about the importance of money from an early age or wait until they've landed their first job. Because I know for me, at an early age, I didn't have a job, but I was always told like I needed to save, but it was never really implemented. It was just something that I was told to do, but not but never really taught how to do. So when I landed my first job, I was like, whoa, 200 bucks is awesome. And then right. it'd be gone in like two days. Right. And then it would be like, you're not saving your money. Like you're just spending frivolously. And then it's like, but I don't right. know how to, to say do that. Do, yeah, to do that. So um, how do you teach your kids about money? And um, do you think it's important for them to start early or wait until they've landed their first job? Oh, for sure to start early. Um, we, we um, even with our limited resources, you know, when we were first married, we always um, were big proponents of our kids saving. And so when they got money for gifts from family members who said, you have to save the money, so we would put it up. Mm-hmm. They would have to give it to us, and we'd put it up. Um, and eventually we would, you know, open an account, and we could have done better with them. Um, but we were always proponents of um, making sure that they saved money, put it to the side. And first and foremost, they would have to give back to God. And then after they have given for what, you know, if, if this is specifically if they worked, because, you know, you give as you prosper. But mm-hmm. when they were really young and it was just a matter of just getting money as gifts, then they saved that money. But then um, as one adult child and one um Kiyosaki, that was his name, Robert Kiyosaki. <laughs> okay, quick intermission or quick break. What was the book, the name of the book and the so, author? So it's Rich Dad's Guide to Becoming Rich Without Cutting Up Your Credit Cards. Robert T. Kiyosaki. Okay. That was the name of the book. Okay, cool. so now that we've taken that break. Yeah. Back to um, our scheduled so, program. Um, so we were big proponents of them saving money, and so that – because we always, um, it's no fun living check to check, no. you know, and so we always wanted to stress to our kids about being debt free. And as you know, and you have our oldest son, um, John, we're making sure that he understands that he has to get rid of his debt um, first, take take care of that first, um, and um, and um, and save after you know he's given back to God, but he, he wants to you want to start your life out free, mm-hmm. you know. And so we try to implement the same thing with our other son. Um, same, you know, you have to as much as you want to get a new pair, you know, of Sperry's or whatever. You know, you you have to save. You know, you'll have you'll be better off once you set yourself up to get what you want later if you have saved and prepared yourself to be debt free yeah take it honey uh so that was one of the books another one of the books was the millionaire real estate investor um shaniqua and i shaniqua being a realtor um we've always talked about you know doing some real estate investing you know as uh, time goes on you know so we're taking steps in preparation for doing that one day. Mm-hmm. And then the last book, I'm sorry, I'm digressing a little bit. It's okay. The last book um, would be, you know, the Bible. The Bible really talks in a lot about um, how one is supposed to steward the things that they have, including money. Mm-hmm. So those would probably be, probably be the three books that uh, I would reference that I've 
read here more recently with regards to finance to answer your question more fully. Um, but we forever have been in the lives of our children with regards to, you know, how they go about, um, uh, you know, saving and, you know, what that looks like. And in fact, um, you know, I guess if we were to give you some tenets associated with how, you know, we've kind of led them in that, in that way, you know, first things first would be for them to have set aside some money to give back to God. Mm -hmm. That would be number one. And then number two would be as a percentage of the money that you have, what part of that are you going to save? And then the remaining part is money that, you know, you can just spend on whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So it's always been a matter of giving, saving, and then having money to spend on whatever it is that you, you desire. So that's, that's kind great. of great. I think I said the same thing. Yeah, you guys, even here. yeah, you guys literally said the same thing. Score! Literally the same thing. <laughs> but I want to ask you, you said that you like in the process of like teaching your kids like the importance of money and how to save, you mentioned you could have done, you know, something a little bit better. What could, what do you think you could have done well, better? Um, meaning that um, we could have um, set up their savings accounts sooner um, and, and made sure that when they did get money and even, even just a little bit from us contributing more to that. Mm -hmm. So they, their savings account and stuff would be, um, would have been growing, you know, as they got older, but you know, we could become behind the eight ball with that. So that's what I mean. Mm -hmm. We just could have been a little bit more proactive gotcha. with that when gotcha. they were younger. Is what I'm saying. Gotcha. Okay. Well, sounds good to me. All right. So in 2017, actually, no, I'll do an intro for this. So you have one child who's already graduated college, and you have one who in the next like year or two will be going into college. Mm -hmm. So in 2017, the average student graduated with almost $40,000 worth of debt. Um, and Americans as a whole have about $1.4 trillion in student loan debt. Um, despite these alarming numbers, millennials choose to go on fancy trips, live beyond their means, and ignore their large looming debt. Um, so what are your thoughts on this and what advice do you have for the young people listening on student debt and going to school? Having already had one child who's been there, done that, and then you have one who's approaching college pretty soon. Well, to any of you listening out there, millennials, we would say the same <laughs> thing that we've taught our children. Um, be free. You don't have. You can get a quality education without having to be indebted to Sally May. She's not your aunt. <laughs> so she's not at all. So you aunt need May. right Aunt May. It's not a good Aunt May. Um, so you can get um, a quality education um, without having to in, uh, indebt yourself, um, be indebted to these schools. You know, some people feeling yes. There are times where you want to be a part of the club and go to Harvard and go to Yale and be an alumni, what have you. But um, that comes with the cost. So if you don't have the means to do that, then the local state college, you know, where you your money will go further, um, will be more beneficial. And then you can start your life free. Like we've taught our son, you know, he, his, he only has around 17000 in school debt. 
currently now 13,000. Oh, right, because he's paid off for, mm-hmm. you know, in a span of about, you know, six months. So um, that's great. And so we were um, just big proponents of you don't understand that um, you have this uh, monkey on your back mm-hmm. called student debt or whatever debt it is, you know, still be applicable, that um, you're not really free. Yes, you're going on the trips and you're like, YOLO, not really. <laughs> not really, you're not. You, you are being dampened by the monkey hovering on your back, you yeah. know, as you're screaming YOLO, what have you, mm-hmm. uh, where you really could be free um, if you took care of that and just, and before you just even um, developed all of that debt, incurred all of that debt, then just, you know, take a step back and like, okay, what's really best for my long-term future? Mm-hmm. Do I really want to go to this school? This nice, shiny, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I can get the same education here at this school. Yeah. And cause then I can network being debt-free and still be just successful. Yeah. Actually, I like that. I know when I was applying for the whole college process, I was told that everyone takes out student loans. It's fine. So... And I was in a position where I thought I had the money to pay for college and come out, come to find out I didn't. Right. So it was, I had, well, I was like, well, if everyone else is doing it, then. Well, that's because America's in debt. That's why. I think (laughs) it's the thing to do to take out loans. But no, if you can go, if you can, you know, get grants and scholarships, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's like a part, we tell John, he didn't really do it, but we tell John it's like a part-time job you know, looking for grants and scholarships, but, you yeah. know, you put the, put the time in and it'll pay itself off, you know, when you actually get those because it prevents you from having to take, you know, money from Aunt May, Yeah. you know, so that you, then you're having to pay back and that she's hanging around waiting for you to mess up, you know, just waiting, you know, come on, it's time, it's time, it's time. I'm graduating yet because I'm ready to get my money. <laughs> so it's, it takes some due diligence and planning so that you don't have to take out loans, but it's like a default mechanism to say, oh, yeah, just get a loan. Just get a loan. And then, you know, you don't need your entire loan. And so then you're like, oh, just use that. YOLO, go mm-hmm. shopping, whatever. And so you use that money and not pay it back. You just simply live on it. I know some of John's friends, the same thing is they live on the, the excess of the loan um, without, you know, instead of just paying it back to don't Refund have Refund checks. Exactly. It was exciting. Oh, what? $1,000? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the reality is we did the same thing. Exactly. So, um but I guess it's once you learn to do better, then you do better. Um, the reality is well, we had we had over fifty thousand dollars in student loan debt that we paid back, mm-hmm. and I can't even really remember how long it took for us to pay it back. I was but about to ask. Yeah, it was still over fifty thousand dollars that we paid between the two of us. So. Um, well, let's see, because probably of that fifty, about ten or eleven of it was mine, um, and so. Yeah, it was all you, boo. <laughs> it was all you. Yeah. Um, and so um, we incur- I incurred mine, you know, prior to. But um, but the only point I'm, I was making. I was giving her a date. That's all I was yeah, trying to Yeah, but the only point date. I was making is that we've all kind of been through that. And so what we try to instill in our children is, you know, talking about John, is that we really try to encourage him not to go where he originally go, where he incurred the debt that he incurred. Right, most of um, it. But to more or less live within his means, even with respect to his education, mm-hmm. that he go someplace where he would actually graduate in four years and not have incurred any debt. Mm-hmm. But he didn't listen, and he decided, <laughs> and he would argue that, 
you know, he wouldn't trade the experience for anything. Right. But and I think even the experience of having garnered that debt helps him now because right. he really appreciates the one day being free from debt yeah. more than maybe if he graduated and he didn't have any debt. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll, we'll never know that. I mean, but. Yeah. I mean, because I would give him the example. Of, it was some girl, I happened to read an article of a girl who put in the work and got her loan, got, got her grants and her, um, and, um, and scholarships. And she graduated they paid her back. She she graduated with money from her her scholarships and her and her um, grants, and she bought a house. Wow. She, that was a down payment for her house. So that's the point that I'm making because you know yes I, I didn't I didn't have excess for my loans. I had excess from a Pell grant, so I would, you know be cheering for that. But you know um, with from her grants and scholarships that she got. Her stuff was taken care of, and then mm-hmm. she got the excess money was refunded to her because she had earned the scholarship, she had earned yeah. the grants, and so that's so she saved that money. And when she graduated, within that year of her graduating from college, she bought she put it down payment on the house. And so that's I use that example to John. You know, now I'm just like, you know, that's what that could have been you, but now in hindsight, you know, <laughs> now you're taking care of it. Um, so, but yeah, I think that's that covers that. So just. Uh, so I guess in some, just to, I guess, don't succumb so easily to society's pressure of, uh, I guess, borrowing money as your solution to go to college. Like, right. do the time, put in the work to find those grants right. and find those scholarships right. and and then... And find those schools. And find right. those schools exactly. right. that are affordable. Another affordable. big thing is you don't have to go to a four-year school your first couple of years. Yeah. I personally went to a community college for the first two years. Mm-hmm. I, you're not going to declare what your major is to your junior year. Yeah. So why am I paying all this money for gen ed classes? Yeah. No. So. In hindsight, I wish I had done that. Yeah. Either done two years at a community college and there was a, there was a school 10 minutes up the road from me that I could have gone to that was like literally the same as the school I graduated from like same education same everything right and my dad was like just go there and commute from home and I was like you're just trying to control me <laughs> right, exactly because you want the experience exactly you want, you want to break free exactly but then you realize that experience is just like not right. even it's, it's like a just, fairy it's an tale expensive it's, experience yeah exactly to pretend to live on your own for four years and then this just come out and you're like it's a mirage right it's an oasis it's a mirage yeah it's just like a fallacy yeah exactly <laughs> um <clears throat> so I guess just like talking about um, mistakes with like student loans and things of that nature. Um, what's one major money mistake that you've made and what did you learn from it? So again, I said that we had over Mm $50,000 in student loan debt. That would probably have been it. I mean, you know, back in the time when I was working on my undergraduate degree, we did use some of the monies that um, I received by way of federal loans to live on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. I remember. I don't remember. I, I'm just talking about when I was, when I mentioned Pell Grants, talking about my specific loans. No, I know. I'm saying that at the time we lived in Virginia and we were. I mean, it's not like we were never really bad with money, but I just think that you but know maybe you some of that. For a while too, so it could be what it was. Yeah, the last year of my undergraduate degree, I was not, or last, was last semester? or was last I six take the last, Okay. 
Yeah, and so we used some of that money just to live on, just so I could, I didn't have to work and mm-hmm. finish up. I wanted to finish and finish strong and not yeah. have any hiccups with regards to And we had a toddler, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Little so, kid. but, you know, I mean, much like John, you know, I, I, don't, I don't argue with him. I think that all that happened for a reason, and I think it happened so that now we can talk about it mm-hmm. and help others say that you don't have to do it that way. Yeah. Um, certainly we realize, much like John and anyone else, is that, you know, people are going to do what they think is right for themselves at that time. Mm-hmm. But what I always tell him and any other person contemplating school and going to school is um, you can stay free, financially free. speaking. Do that. Stay do free. Do that because you figure when you graduate, much like me, I don't work in marketing. I have a marketing degree. I've never mm-hmm. used it. I didn't even know you had a marketing degree. Exactly. I mean, a lot of people will graduate with a degree that they end up never even using. I have an applied behavioral science degree. I never <laughs> keep that. <laughs> Study of people communicating. Right. <laughs> so the whole goal and objective of school is really, um, you know, just being, just educating yourself. And what it proves to employers when you graduate is that, you know, I can learn, I can learn under pressure and, you know, I can be successful mm-hmm. in learning things, new things. And so I have a foundation in which to build on, to be, you know, a good employee. Now I will say this with regards to Ivy League schools, the greatest thing to an Ivy League school is, is simply this, and it's you being able to network right. yourself mm-hmm. with, yeah, with people who these are typically these kids are the parents. Echelon are those that connected have great jobs own businesses are in law firms etc cetera, etc cetera. part of the club and so then when you graduate <laughs> yeah. you know even now even if you graduate from some small four-year institution you know if you go out looking for jobs that everything is about networking it's about who you know it's not that these people are the smartest people Mm-hmm. you know, on the planet, mm-hmm. but they're just connected to people who have opportunities and they can, you know, mm-hmm. so that's really, you know, it's about, you know, you doing the best you can with what you have, but then also networking with people who, you know, can help you, can right. help you in the future. Yeah. Do you have one money major, one major money mistake? Well, it's my mistake by way of him. So <laughs> what had happened was <laughs> spill the tea. <sighs> Back in the day, <laughs> he had an opportunity to invest in Yahoo, oh, yes. and he passed. <laughs> he could have bought stock for five dollars and seventeen cents a share, <laughs> and he passed. <laughs> we gonna make real. <laughs> so that's a big money mistake. At the time he was in school, it was at, around oh, that time. And I remember him saying, "Baby, you know, it's like you." Know, and he's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's what. <laughs> I feel like that would hurt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to shift gears again and go back from student loans now to a budget and running a budget for a household. So personally, I've realized that um, having a thorough plan for my money, also known as a budget, is the backbone for like my way of handling money. I just... I'm so like anal with it now, like everything I save my receipts and I just feel like I have a better grasp of my money. I kind of feel like I hear Dave Ramsey say all the time that 
I feel like I've gotten a raise with my money because I'm not wondering at the end of every week where did all my money go. I'm like, oh, I still have this much left and I'm not scrambling or waiting until next payday to make it through. So that's nice. So I just want to know, is that the same for running a household? Like is a budget super important for running a household? Budgeting guy. Yes, (laughs) it is. It's it's important. You know, I, uh, he would probably, he would follow it more to the T. I loosely follow it because I don't, uh, because I'm always, I don't like paying full price for everything. Mm -hmm. Then I tend to buy stuff off season and I, you know, buy it when it's cheapest and I get the best price. So Mm -hmm. for the most part, you know, I do stay within the guidelines of the budget that he set. That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) What do you have to say, Mr. Adams? Yeah. I mean, the budget is paramount in order to be successful with regards to finances. If you don't have a budget, then you aren't telling your money what it is you expect from it, and then therefore money will do whatever money wants to do. Gladly. Which typically <laughs> means it leaves your pocket, it ends up in someone else's. <laughs> so yes, it's very, very important. And by the way, Yahoo actually got up to $118 per share at its peak. So yeah, we did. Kind of, that was a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> My heart hurts. Um, so, do you guys have any money goals for 2018 yes. that you want to accomplish? You speak on that, baby, and I'll just be the hype girl. <laughs> so, our goal right now is to pay off the balance of our mortgage. That's a pretty lofty, lofty goal. Yeah. As they say in Waterboy, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> So that is the goal on the table right now. And once we've paid off that mortgage, we will be completely and Dad utterly. We can call Dave Ramsey and say, can we say it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's that's pretty awesome. I feel like because houses are just like so expensive and oh they're gosh. like hundreds of thousands of dollars. So paying that off. Like it's hard work. Yeah. Must be. OGW. Hard work. Yeah. Must be a great well, when it happens, which yeah. I'm sure it will. I know yes. it will. It'll be great. We're great, claiming great it. Feeling. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. All right. So as this episode comes to an end, I would like to ask you guys one last final question. So if you could go back in time and give advice to your young 23 or 24 year old self about handling money, what would you tell yourself? So if you could literally <coughs> sit down with the 23 or 24 year old version of yourself right now, Face to face, what would you, what advice would you give yourself? What I would tell my 23-year-old self is um, save early. It looks nice. Um, A lot of things that I bought at 23, I have like I have no concept today as to the things that I use and spent money on hmm. at 40 something. And so which tells me at 40 something how unimportant it was. However, when I look at my bank account, <laughs> I can tell you that it could be in a lot better shape than it is today. And then you know as life starts to happen with regards to you know marriage and children, your finances, you know, become, you know, very important and you kind of don't have as much control over them, you know, as a, 
you know, as a parent, as a husband. So, um, yeah, I would tell him that, uh, you know, some of the things that you're spending money on, you know, you can, you know, just be patient and wait. And the biggest thing you can do for yourself at 20 something would be to save. And I don't have the numbers, but I've been told, I think David Ramsey might have even said it, is that if you put just so much money, so much money away in, mm-hmm. in your 20s, by right. the time you hit your 40s and 50s, right, you you'll said. actually be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. And I'm nowhere close to being a millionaire, so yep. it would be nice to be a 40-something-year-old millionaire. millionaire. Goals, Alex. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying for like 39, 38. And, and one last thing is there's this concept called, I think it's the rule of... 2021. I don't know. I have to look it up. But there's this this concept of compounding money. Right. So as you save money and you get. It makes money. Right. And you get Mm -hmm. interest on that money. Then when that money comes back around to be hit with more interest, Mm -hmm. it compounds itself. And it's this process that goes on that allows money to accelerate and really grow at exponential rates. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I would tell my 20 something year old self. What about you, Miss Adams? Um, well, let's see. What I would say is it's along the saving vein. Um, same mindset. Because um, we, um, when John was an infant, we um, we both worked, or he did, and I eventually started working for, worked for household. That's what took us to Virginia. <clears throat> and so what... I would have had him do, um, and me in hindsight is we didn't take advantage of the 401k at the time, um, and they matched it dollar for dollar. Oh wow! Right, and so you know, but when you learn better, you do better. And mm-hmm. so we were newly married, we had a baby, um, and so we were like we need every dollar we can get. No, you can't have that. <laughs> but that was a 401k. No, <laughs> you know. So we, I remember, oh, 401k dollar for dollar. You know, you know, and he was always more. Um, versed in all that stuff than I, but we just like from a um, financial standpoint, like mm, we can't really do this. We got a baby, and so we didn't do it. Mm-hmm. That would have been tremendous in setting up our retirement now, mm-hmm. because you know we worked there for a good number of years, mm-hmm. was five years or three, four, five years that we would have had them matching whatever our contribution was dollar for dollar. Yeah, and then you can of course move that on with you as you go. Mm-hmm. So. That's one of the biggest things that I would have done because that goes to your savings, setting yourself up. Mm-hmm. You know, we were, what, 23 and 26. Right. <laughs> so it would have been great to have, you know, to have done, done that. that. Yeah, for sure. And it's the rule of 72. Uh, I know, because when I did rule 21, I got rule 21. That's a clothing <laughs> store. <laughs> I'm like, that's a clothing <laughs> store. <laughs> well, that's not it. That's <laughs> Not a rule of 72. I don't know. I think I'm thinking about blackjack. (laughs) Well, thank you guys both for taking the time out to sit and talk with me. I really appreciate it. Well, we're happy that you've taken um, our um, suggestions to heart and you've run with it. Just don't become OCD. (laughs) (laughs) Really are proud of you and the things that you're accomplishing. Uh Thanks, you're guys. Your, uh, your, <laughs> your journey could help millennials. Financial freedom. <clears throat> Financial flex. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right.